Welcome back to another edition of Billy West Live. Again, it's my pleasure to welcome State Representative Gabe Furman uh, to the program. Gabe, you just got out of the legislative session a few weeks ago, then had a veto session, but it's been a busy few months for you in Baton Rouge. Uh, you're up for re-election. Uh, do you have an opponent, by the way? Has anybody announced they're running against you, Gabe? Uh, not so far. Okay. So uh, I think we're about three weeks from qualifying, so hopefully it stays that way. I think does qualifying in like August the 12th. That's when we'll know who's got opposition and who doesn't? August the 10th. August 10th. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you join our program again, Gabe, and I know you're up for re-election uh, for the House of Representatives. And I guess a basic question I want to ask you, if, if you get re-elected, which it seems that if you will, and you don't even have an opponent yet, you kind of tell me what what are your three biggest priorities for your district, you know, for the next four years? What, what, what do you see that needs to happen in your district, and, and what will be your priorities? Yes, yeah, so my priorities would be, I, I guess I, I'll personalize it. So insurance has sort of been my area of specialization in the legislature. So I think that's an area where I can really contribute and, you know, have been fortunate enough to uh, pass some pretty comprehensive insurance reform legislation the past uh, four years so i think going forward I have a chance to uh to really focus on that even more and so like that, that's an issue that touches all corners of the state it's not confined just to south louisiana so uh that's something i think we've got a, an opportunity to work on and um you know just in in general we need to stop this brain drain and this uh, outflow of people from our part of the state and it's you know if we're not able to do that uh, when we have reapportionment again, we're going to have even less representation in uh, in Baton Rouge. So I think we've got to create an environment where um, we can produce jobs, and you know we've we've got to make sure we're doing education right. So uh, yeah, that that would be my priorities. We've got to focus on uh, affordability, on economic development, and uh, making sure we're. Uh, giving kids the tools they need and the education they need to uh, to thrive. How how uh, important is it, Gabe, to you, I, it, and just to let you have an opportunity to talk about the importance of Northwestern State University and the economic engine that that can be for the Natchitoches community and the North Central Louisiana community. How, how important is it to you for our university here in Natchitoches to thrive? Oh, I think it's critical, and I I had the opportunity. Of course, I'm not representing Northwestern just yet, but I certainly anticipate uh, that I will be. So, you know, it, with the new district, I will be uh, representing Northwestern, and you know, I had the opportunity to uh, f take a really uh, good tour of the campus and uh, talk with the administration about some of the needs and uh, some of the accomplishments. And you know, the next five to ten years are just going to be critical for higher education. I think. You know, we've got to be be able to uh, to identify that there's some things we need to do different. And for, you know, from my perspective, it all comes down to uh, focusing on what you're good at. And I, I know uh, Northwestern has a tremendous nursing program. You know, for as long as I can remember, uh, it's 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 been a school that trains teachers. And so, uh, I think the location, the the beauty of the campus, the uh, history and traditions and, and the academic excellence is something to build on and we you know we know that we're looking at uh fewer kids of college age uh 
in in the state and and really around the country in the next few years so it's just going to be important that uh we get on the same page and that we set we set goals and that we come together to uh to accomplish that but you know as far as uh, an economic uh driver uh, you know i can't think of any institution or or industry really in in our part of the state more critical than uh, northwestern well, it's, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with higher education over the next four years and, you, you know, the, the challenges that come with funding all levels of education. But there, there seems to be a move, Gabe, and I'd like your thoughts and maybe your predictive thoughts for the next couple of years on the funding for secondary education and then the, the, what seems to be a more recent interest on going back to funding trade schools at a higher level. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Because, as you say, not a lot of kids or I should say it a different way, it seems like more kids are, are shying away from going to college and, and are more focused on trades. Yeah, I think we've got to have a, a balance. And, you know, I think we can recognize that uh, some kids just aren't cut out for um, uh, a four-year college experience, especially when you can uh, become a welder or a plumber or a pipe fitter. And, you know, right out of high school, if you've got the proper training, the proper certifications, make a really good living. But, you know, then on the other hand, I think about my college experience and and really the most valuable thing for me was just I learned how to think critically and how to solve problems and and sort of look at the big picture. So there's a a value to uh, a well-rounded education and uh, that's not going to change that's not going to change so i do think uh trade schools four-year universities graduate schools you know we do have to take a uh return on investment approach to to uh, all of our institutions so i think it's it's very important that we identify what's working what's not working and that's going to uh vary uh, geographically, and it's you know based on the the needs of that particular uh, geographic region. So, like I think we need to uh, uh, be flexible and really get creative in doing the things we need to do to make sure um, you know we we're putting our kids in a position to prosper. Sure, and Gabe, I guess just to kind of ask you to give a summation of the the most recent legislative session and. Talk about, you know, maybe the the most important piece of legislation that you can point to that came out of this uh, legislative session and, and maybe the, the piece of legislation that actually affects the most people in your district. What 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 can you say about that and what what actually happened in the legislature that affects people's everyday lives in your district? Yeah, so in regards to uh, my legislation, I, I passed two pretty significant uh, insurance bills, House Bill 110, um, simply requires insurance companies to uh, offer a, a an endorsement uh, for people who have fortified roofs, which is a, a roof that's been uh, installed in such a way that it's uh, resistant to wind and water intrusion. So if you have a fortified roof, insurance companies will now have to uh, uh, offer you an endorsement um, to up, I'm sorry, We've got a couple of different fortified bills. So my bill says that if your roof is damaged uh, and requires replacement, the insurance company would have to upgrade that to fortified, which 
would make your roof more resistant to uh, uh, wind and water damage. Pass another bill, uh, House Bill 183, that prohibits the use of uh, assignment of benefits contracts, which I don't know if you kept up with the uh, really the, the scandal involving Apex Roofing and the MMA law firm out of Houston, but this uh, assignment of benefits contract was a tool that uh, you know, some unethical out-of-state attorneys and, and out-of-state contractors use really to swindle homeowners after uh, the hurricanes that we've experienced. So that was really a, a very important piece of legislation. So I was, I was real proud proud of that. Um, actually passed, uh, maybe worked as hard on House Bill 43 as anything, and that's a retired Natchitoches firefighter came to me a couple of years ago and brought to my attention the fact that they have not had a cost of living adjustment in many years and so we we formed a study group and uh, looked at the different ways to uh help those uh, retired firefighters out and there's a lot of hard work but ultimately we were able to uh pass legislation to give our retired firefighters a uh, $2,500 one-time stipend really just you know just to help uh we know that inflation has really hit some of these retirees hard. So really proud of that. And, uh, of course, um, a bill that's got a lot of attention recently is House Bill 648, which, uh, you know, from my perspective, should not have been controversial, but it, it ended up uh, being so. And, uh, you know, House Bill 648 simply made it uh, illegal to uh, provide chemical or surgical sex change procedures to kids. And, um, you know, we just got out of a veto session and we're fortunate enough to uh, override the governor's veto of that bill. And come January 1st, House Bill 648 will be law. Yeah, I saw that. And I saw the governor's uh, press release. Uh, obviously, he predicts that the federal courts, you know, will likely overturn that as unconstitutional, which is the same thing that happened in Arkansas, Gabe. But, you know, the, the challenge with that is the constitutionality of that and, and the medical evidence that was produced in Arkansas. I assume some of that evidence was presented either in committee or, or in the full house and Senate in Louisiana. I, I don't know. Maybe you could give me a little bit more history on that. But at the same time, do, do you foresee really any chance that the federal courts will uphold that ban? Oh, absolutely. In fact, there's been... Uh, how, how are they going to do that in light of the Brandt decision in Arkansas? Yeah, so there's been, it's my understanding, there's been one appellate court decision uh, addressing this sort of legislation, and that's the uh, Sixth Circuit, in the last week or the week before, ruled that um, the laws in Kentucky and Tennessee uh, could go into effect. So, look, it'll, it will absolutely be um, uh, tried in court. I, I would anticipate that the Supreme Court would ultimately uh, rule on this, so... Look, it's the you know it's the legislative's branch uh, duty to pass laws, and uh, you know we've got a judicial branch to uh, make those rulings. So, in fact, I I would suggest that uh, everybody go listen to Tucker Carlson's interview of Asa Hutchinson, and they uh, discuss the Arkansas legislation. In fact, uh, you know former Governor Hutchinson makes the point that uh, Arkansas's law was the first one drafted. And that it had some some problems, and you know, in his own words, other states have done a better job of uh, drafting their legislation. And look, we had really good 
people working on this. Uh, it's it's almost a duplicate of the South Carolina uh, South Dakota law. And to my knowledge, you know, there's not been a successful legal challenge to uh, South Dakota's law. Well, remind but me, because I, I didn't keep up more. with the legislative history. Go ahead. Finish your point. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, yeah one other point. And, and, you know, you mentioned uh, the evidence that was presented. And I can tell you that uh, the overwhelming uh, evidence available points to the fact that, you know, these procedures are... Uh, experimental, they're irreversible, uh, they they harm children, they do not reduce uh, suicide, they do not improve mental health outcomes. We've seen uh, several very, very uh, progressive European nations completely reverse course. And what's been so frustrating, and you know, I even uh, think the governor mentioned politics in uh, in his statement, and you know, my plea uh, every time I presented this bill in committee and on the on the floors, let's take politics out of this and just look at the facts. Because when you look at the medical science and the systematic reviews that have been done, there's no question that these procedures need to be stopped. Well, isn't am I am I wrong to suggest that 70 or 80 percent of the children who undergo hormone therapy or puberty blockers in response to their issues that are related to the gender identity, they improve their mental health and are less likely to commit suicide. Wasn't that the testimony in committee and in the legislature? Uh, you may have had opposition, may have thrown out some of those uh, stats with absolutely no substantiation. And look, we, we presented uh, uh, very scientific, proven data uh, with, you know, I cited specific studies coming out of Europe um, here from here in the United States that completely debunked uh, the opposition's uh, points. So, no, that, that's not the case. It's simply not the case. And, look, we had an all-star team of uh, witnesses. We, we actually had a, a pediatrician from Natchitoches who gave extremely compelling uh, testimony on, on behalf of, uh, of this bill. Um, you know, the opposition star witness was a psychologist with five years of experience, and, and we had a pedi pediatric endocrinologist with 50 years experience uh, test on our behalf. So, no, look, and obviously I'm biased, but uh, the evidence is overwhelming to stop these procedures, and it's just, it's unfortunate that politics has clouded our vision on this, and uh, it, I would also suggest that anybody interested go and um, listen to an interview that PBS now not you know not a bastion of uh, right wing evangelical uh, uh, propaganda but but Louisiana Public Broadcasting interviewed a uh, doctor from England the leading uh, pediatric expert on gender dysphoria in England and he just flat out said puberty blockers or chemical castration it's not reversible gender affirming care does not decrease suicides and uh you know i don't think it was coincidence that the next week he was forced into retirement uh one of the doctors one of the the louisiana doctors that testified on behalf of our bill uh was fired the very next day so, like, there's tremendous pressure. Yeah, it's scary uh, stuff. I mean, there's there, there's scary rhetoric out there on these issues. But, you know, what do you say, Gabe, 
as a legislator and a community leader and, and somebody who speaks to these issues in the legislature, what do you say to a family of a really confused 15-year-old who's threatening to kill themselves and they go out and seek mental health treatment and this is what they are advised might save their kid's life? What do you say to that person? I would say that uh, over 90 percent of kids experiencing gender dysphoria essentially outgrow it. I look, I've got I've got a 15 year old and a 13 year old. Puberty is tough, you know. Adolescence is is tough, and you know we know that if you provide kids with counseling and with support and take a watchful waiting approach, you know, 90 percent of the time it's going to resolve itself. And uh, but we also know that if you start a child on puberty blockers, 98% of the time, that's going to lead to cross-sex hormones and almost 100% of the time, uh, whether it's, you know, at 17, 18 or 19 years old, that's going to lead to uh, these mutilating surgeries. So it's, it's a one-way path once you start children on these uh, damaging drugs. Well, again, I guess I go back to you and I have had these disagreements and discussions before, and I appreciate your answer. I mean, that, that's your answer. Whether I agree with it or not, I mean, that's your answer. But what, what, what's happened to the Republican Party since the era of Ronald Reagan in, in the early to mid-'80s, where the Republican Party stayed out of people's lives and stayed out of people's decisions on medical issues and gay issues and choice issues? What? Where did the Republicans take that fork in the road to where they are today? Yeah, so this this is not a Democrat or Republican issue. We had bipartisan support, and look, it's this is this is not anti-LGBTQ. In fact, uh, we had a really diverse group of experts and advocates uh, working with us on this, including some homosexuals, and you know, uh, including. Uh, progressives and liberals who probably wouldn't agree with me on just about anything else but on this issue we came together so it's it's not a partisan issue at all it's unfortunate that it's it's viewed that way but you know from my perspective the most sacred duty a legislate legislator has is protecting kids and 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 billy it's it's controversial i guess but i think if anyone would do their due diligence and you know take the political uh blinders off, then they will see that these things just just are not helping kids. In fact, it's just horrific what what we're allowing to be done. And uh, I predict that, look, we're going to have lawsuits and whistleblowers. And as uh, uh, more evidence becomes available, you know, people are going to regret their position against House Bill 648. Well, I appreciate your thoughts. As always, it's, it's great to talk to you. You know, I may disagree with you and disagree with you a lot, Gabe, but I would invite people to read the Brandt decision because there's a lot of things included in the Brandt decision that are directly related to the medical evidence that was presented in Little Rock. And it's completely contradictory of what you just said. But like you said, I don't think it's a partisan issue. I think it's an issue of freedom, an issue of choice. But you and I disagree on that. That's okay. That's fair. But oh, I, I, yeah. No, that's... I, I look, and it's it's an emotional issue, and uh, um, but no, absolutely, people are free to you know take take either position. And uh, again, my only request would be that uh, you, you know you take the time to do the research, and uh, and what we're seeing in Europe is is you know the experts over there have just said 
we were wrong. In fact, uh, a letter came out last week from 21 of the uh, leading clinicians uh, around the world, and it completely uh, refuted all the arguments, uh, you know, made by the opposition. So, like every every day, more information's coming out, and uh, I, I think in five years this issue will be settled. And uh, look, a court in Australia just came out and said uh, this is going to be the uh, biggest medical scandal in history. So, you know, hey, time will tell, and I'm I'm confident that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm on the right side of history, but uh, look, if if I'm not, I'll I'll sure be happy to admit it. Well, I mean, let's you know walk through uh, history over the next three or four years, and we'll all look back on it and see. the The challenge with where we're headed is what are the important issues to the day to day lives of people in North Louisiana? I'm not sure that's one of them, but at the same time, I appreciate your thoughts. I, I appreciate, you know, your positions, Gabe. I, I might disagree with you a lot, but it's always great to talk to you and get your perspective. And, and Billy, I'll tell you this, I am through with uh, these kinds of bills. It, it has been a, a heavy lift and uh, uh, very proud of what we accomplished. Look, I, and certainly don't want to say this with any sort of, uh, um, you know, in a bragging manner because if anything this has humbled me more than anything else but uh, i saw an article today that said passage of this bill is is the most remarkable in the history of the state and look there were some ups and downs and uh, it's just unbelievable the way uh, uh you know the people demanded action on this and uh, i think uh, the, the legislature listened to them well, again, I appreciate your thoughts. Governor Edwards has predicted it'll be held unconstitutional, like the statute in Arkansas. Time will tell. Um, it, it will. It'll be yep. interesting to see. But, Gabe, as always, I, I appreciate you visiting with us and giving us your thought. We'll, we'll have you back on soon to talk about these issues. Yep. Anytime. All right. Thank you, Billy. Good. Thank you, Gabe. Bye-bye.